The scripture reading this afternoon will be Proverbs 4, and we will also consider Baptist Catechism 70 and 71. Would you bow with me now for a word of prayer to ask the Lord's blessing on the preaching of the word this afternoon. Father, we thank you for your word, which is a light to our feet. We thank you for your law and for what it does for us to show us our need for a Savior, but also to direct us in Christ Jesus in the way that we should go. Help us to know your law. Help us to understand what it says. God, give us a heart to keep it. We need to be strengthened by you, O Lord. Help us now, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As I prepare to, to preach these catechetical sermons, I'm always tempted to just uh, go off on a tangent and, and to try to exhort you, encourage you, and, and it convince you that what we're doing here on the Lord's Day afternoon is so very important. I think you're seeing the importance of it. I mean, these are the, the basic doctrines of the Christian faith. You need to hear them. Our children need to hear them. Generation after generation needs to hear them. And the room is pretty full. So I give thanks to God for that. I praise the Lord that the room is pretty full. Uh, continue to be here, please, brothers and sisters, and continue to exhort others to come as well. Um, we need to be convinced that Christian doctrine is essential. We need this foundation so that we will stand firm upon it uh, for decades to come. Baptist Catechism 70 and 71. 70 asks, What is forbidden in the fifth commandment? And I will read it for you. The fifth commandment forbiddeth the neglecting of or doing anything, anything against the honor and duty which belongeth to everyone in their several places. And relations. And then Baptist Catechism question 71 asks, What is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment? And the answer given here, please repeat after me. The reason annexed to the fifth commandment, the to the fifth commandment is, a is a promise of long life and prosperity as far as it shall serve God's glory and their own good. To all such as keep this commandment. Let's go now to Proverbs chapter 4. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her, that is wisdom, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. 
For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Isn't that marvelous? The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So far the reading of God's holy word. May He add His blessing to the preaching this afternoon. You know, the fifth commandment is really quite simple. Honor thy father and thy mother. That's what the law says. Honor thy father and thy mother. This means that children must not disrespect their parents. And it also means that children must show honor to their parents. And so you can see how this same law can be stated both positively and negatively. Negatively, the law says, children, do not dishonor your parents. Do not be disrespectful or disobedient. And if we were to say the same thing positively, we would say, do this instead. Show them honor. Give them love. Give them respect. So do you see the difference between the two ways of putting it? At first glance, the positive and negative perspective seem only to be the two sides of the same coin. But I think there is a great difference between keeping this commandment and all the other commandments along with this one, negatively and positively. We must keep the law of God both negatively and positively. A child may keep the fifth commandment negatively by not talking back to her parents. She may keep the fifth commandment by not breaking the rules of the house And that is good. Indeed, this commandment is to be kept in this negative way. Do not do these bad things. But more is required. The commandment also calls children to proactively and positively show honor to their parents. And So do you see the difference between the two ways here? Perhaps you can imagine a child merely following the rules, but in a heartless and loveless way. Can you picture it? So that child remains quiet. A child doesn't break the rules. That child doesn't talk back to his parent. You can imagine that. But God's law calls us higher. Not only are children to refrain from dishonor, they are to actively show honor. And there is a difference between the two things. This is what God's law requires of us. God's law is calling us to love. This is the, this is the fullness of the, the law of God. We, we are to love God actively, positively, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so, negatively and positively, God's law is to be kept. And, and last week we also learned that the fifth commandment applies not only to children, but to everyone. I think this is so important to remember. So I bring it up again. It's to, it's to be applied by everyone. Inferiors are to show a special kind of respect to superiors. And superiors are to show a special kind of honor and respect to inferiors. And equals are also to show honor to one another. 
You know, I do hope that our children are paying attention to this teaching. I think they are, actually, more than maybe we realize. I hope our children are paying attention to this teaching. I think it is very important for our young people to honor their parents in the home. Of course, this is important. But I am also hoping that husbands and wives are paying close attention to the fifth commandment. That might sound strange, you know. The commandment says nothing about husbands and wives. It's talking about children in relation to their parents. But I think it applies. It very much applies. Um, This commandment isn't just about children and parents. It applies to all. In fact, I have attempted to show you that what is said elsewhere in the Scriptures by Paul and others regarding the marriage relationship is actually rooted in this fifth commandment. Wives are to honor their husbands in a particular way, for the husband is the head of the wife. This is about a relationship that involves authority, right? Just as a parent has authority over a child, so too a husband has a certain kind of authority within the home and within a marriage relationship. So wives are to honor their husbands in a particular way. But notice this, in the Scriptures, husbands are to honor their wives in a particular way also, for the wife is vulnerable as she takes that position of submission. I brought this to your attention uh, last week, and I reiterate it here because I think it is of such importance. The fifth commandment certainly applies even to the marriage relationship. But I do wish to press a little harder on what I've said before. Do not only refrain from dishonor, no, proactively and positively honor. And I'm speaking here not only to children, but also to husbands and to wives. There's a great difference between the two things. And I do think that our relationships, relationships of of every kind, would be so much happier if we would understand the difference between the negative and positive application of God's law. Our relationships of every kind would be so much happier if we would understand the difference between these two things and learn to be proactive in showing honor to one another. Think of it, brothers and sisters. I I need you to reflect upon this. Maybe you'll have to do so later after we leave this place. But reflect upon this. If we would only learn to be proactive in showing honor to one another, proactive in showing love and respect to one another, our relationships, I think, would flourish. Husband, it is good for you to not be rude and harsh towards your wife. That is good. And perhaps it is best to start there if this is a problem in your marriage. But you must very quickly replace that dishonor with something else. You must fill it with what? Honor. You must not only put off the old, you must also quickly put on the new. Do not be harsh with her. That is good. But go ahead and take the next step. Be tender towards her. Be loving, gracious, patient. Kind, be thoughtful. Do not tear her down with your words. Instead, build her up with your words. You see, I think this is what the law requires of us. Not only negatively refraining from dishonor, but positively we are to go beyond that and we are to show honor to one another in all of our relationships, be it inferiors to superiors or superiors to inferiors. We as Christians are called to love one another. This is what God's law requires. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what did He do? He proactively and positively gave Himself up for her. So do not only refrain from evil, brothers and sisters, but do good. Children, do not only refrain from disrespecting your parents. Go beyond that and show them honor. 
Speak to them with kindness. Be loving towards them. Thank them for the good things that they provide for you. Do you see the difference here? Go out of your way to appreciate them for what they do for you according to the will of God. And we need to take that same principle and apply it to every one of our relationships. I I will not take the time to say the same thing to wives, children, siblings, fathers, mothers, pastors, congregants, bosses, employees, governors, and citizens. You you get what I'm doing here, right? Uh, This applies to everyone in every sort of relationship. Uh, But I say to all, do not merely not be rude, be kind. Do not merely refrain from harshness, love instead. Do not merely not dishonor, instead honor. I think you get it. Love is patient and kind, 1 Corinthians 13.4 says. Do you see it? Love is patient, so it refrains from impatience and harshness, but it is also kind. Love is kind. We are loving one another when we are proactively kind to one another. In the remainder of our time together, I'd like to briefly consider Baptist Catechism 71, which asks, what is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment? Annexed, that's a fun word to learn, isn't it? It's simply an old-fashioned word for added or appended. I mean, we can still use that word today. It's just not used very commonly. It means added or appended. What is the reason added to the fifth commandment is what the catechism is asking. And this is a question about the promise that's attached to the fifth commandment itself. So there is a command there in the fifth commandment. And then there's this little addendum. There's this, there's this added promise. And, and it says that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So honor your father and mother, and here's what's going to happen, generally speaking, if you do. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So there's a blessing attached to the fifth commandment. In Ephesians 6.1, Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, he says. And then he adds, This is the first commandment with a promise. So, We've been going through the Ten Commandments. This is the first one that we have found that has a, a, a promise attached to it. So what is this promise all about? Our catechism gives the answer. The reason annexed to the fifth commandment is a promise of long life and prosperity, as far as it shall serve God's glory and their own good, to all such as keep this commandment. The little qualification, as far as it shall serve God's glory and their own good, is meant to keep us from assuming that this is a, a guarantee. In other words, We should not take this to mean that every single child that honors his parents will live a very long and prosperous life. Life doesn't work that way, and you know this. Sometimes the righteous suffer. Sometimes the righteous even die young. Instead, we are to take this as a general rule. In fact, the Proverbs are filled with things like this. They are not promises, strictly speaking, but general principles. Those who obey God's law and pursue wisdom will be blessed in life, generally speaking. Did you hear that principle come through in Proverbs chapter 4? This does not mean that uh, there will never be Job's in the world. Do you know what I'm referring to there? Job was a righteous man, and Job suffered greatly. In fact, we know that the book of Job is grouped amongst the wisdom literature of the Holy Scriptures. It's there closely aligned with the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs. And I think one of the reasons the book of Job is there uh, placed nearly uh, in, in near proximity to the, to the Proverbs, not right up against it, but close, is, is to maybe offer this corrective, this, this perspective. In general, the Proverbs are saying, 
be righteous and live, live according to wisdom and prosper, but it's not a hard and fast promise. It's not a guarantee. It's a general principle. In fact, consider Job. Consider Job. Of course, the book of Job communicates a lot more than that, but maybe that's one thing that it is showing us. Uh, The book of Job does show us that the righteous do sometimes suffer. But what is the general principle in this promise attached to the fifth commandment? Well, we should remember that the Ten Commandments were originally given to Israel as a nation. If Israel were to do this law, if they were to keep it, they would be blessed in the land. So I think that is the first thing we must realize. And Paul does also apply this same law to New Covenant Christians who do not have a homeland. And to us he says, Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land or in the earth, generally speaking. So here is the principle. Though it is true that God may have other plans and purposes for you, in general, it is true that keeping this commandment will be rewarded with good things in this life. Good things will come to you because the blessing of God is on you, and also good things will come to you because of the so-called natural consequences of your actions. Those who are rebellious will most often suffer difficulty, whereas those who honor God and their fellow man will most often enjoy the blessings that come with that way of life. And you have witnessed it, haven't you? If you've lived very long at all, have you not witnessed this? Sometimes the righteous suffer. True. Sometimes the wicked prosper. True. But more often than not, what have you witnessed, brothers and sisters, except this? Rebellious ones have a tough time, don't they? Life is not enjoyable for the rebellious ones. Typically, they may enjoy seasons of happiness, seasons of prosperity. But life is very difficult for those who decide to go in the wrong way. And you have probably also watched those who do love God, those who honor Him, those who honor others. And you see that though they may not be particularly rich or prosperous in that sense, they seem to be blessed. They seem to be happy and at peace. Their sleep is sweet. They have what they need. They're joyous. They're content. And I think that is what this promise that is attached to the fifth commandment is bringing forth. This is indeed true when it comes to all of God's commandments. There is a blessing in keeping them. There is life in them. We do not keep them perfectly, so we need a Savior, but God's law is good. God's law is not burdensome. Proverbs 4, which was read at the start of the sermon, speaks to this reality. It begins saying, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain, gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. And then later it says, Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. What is wisdom? What is wisdom? Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, doesn't it? It begins with honoring God as God. Wisdom involves receiving God's commandments. Wisdom involves keeping them and even keeping them skillfully. I think that's what wisdom is. It is more than just mere obedience. But it is obedience to the law of God and it is skillful obedience. It's learning to take the law of God and to, and to apply it in every situation and circumstance of life. And what is Proverbs telling us? Here we are told, get wisdom. Live in obedience to God and His law And guess what? You're going to be blessed. Uh, Your life is going to have God's blessing upon it. I would like to show you the same principle in Paul's instructions to husbands to bring things back to where they began. He says, among other things, 
In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. Did you hear that? He who loves his wife loves himself. What is this about? I think Paul is here saying, Brothers, do you want it good? Do you want it good? Then love your wives. Brothers, if you want it good, then die to yourself. Live for her benefit. Do not be selfish. Do not be harsh with her. But go beyond this even and love her. Love her with the love of Christ. And you will see that it will come back as good upon your head, as a blessing upon your head. And the same might be said to children. Children, are you still listening? Children, do you want it good in life? Do you want to be blessed in life? Do you want God's blessing upon you? Then honor your father and your mother. And as you honor your father and mother, also learn to honor everyone with the appropriate kind of honor. We must honor God above all. But we must honor father and mother next. And indeed, every person, no matter what their relationship is to us, we must learn to love one another brothers and sisters. As I've said, there are no guarantees, but generally this principle is true. Keeping God's law does bring about much that is good and pleasant. And certainly it will produce good and pleasant things in the life to come, where we will enjoy life eternal with our Maker and Savior. And I think really, this is the point. It's true that the righteous sometimes suffer. It's true that the righteous may even die young, but they will be blessed, certainly, for all eternity. For all eternity. So we must be found trusting in Christ Jesus. And we must also strive to keep His commandments out of gratitude for what He has done for us. We're to do all of this for the glory of God and also for our own good. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father, help us as Christians to approach Your law correctly. Help us to never misuse it. Help us to never think that we could be saved by the keeping of it. But Lord, may we never disregard it entirely either. We know that the law of God, your law, is for us too. So Father, give us the ability to keep your law out of gratitude for what Christ has accomplished for us. Lord, help us to understand it. Give us a desire to keep it. Give us the strength that we need. Help us to love one another in Christ Jesus. In His name we pray. Amen.